Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the first day of the 7 a.m. Novelist March March Riding Challenge. Uh, I, are we doing this again? I think we're actually doing this again after this fall. Um, I'm Michelle Hoover, your host. If you missed our 50-day challenge this fall, you can still access all those crafts, talks, and inspiration on our Substack page or through our podcast. Today, though, we have revisiting writer friends Jessica Keener and Rosie Sultan starting us off to talk about their own journeys as authors through self-worth, fear, and discovery. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on our show. Rosie Sultan's novel, Helen Keller in Love, was praised by the Washington Post, Book List, and the Library Journal and was an American Library Association book club pick. Rosie won the Penn Discovery Award for Fiction and a Virginia Center for the Creative Arts Fellowship. She has taught writing at Suffolk University, Boston University, and Grub Street. And she's also a manuscript consultant consultant. I can't even speak this early in the morning. As a literary activist, she raises awareness and money for racial and productive rights with Writers for a group of women writers who use their voices to make the world a better place. And I am happily a part of that group. Um, so very excited about that. Jessica Keener's latest novel, Strangers in Budapest, was an Indie Next pick, a best new book selection by Entertainment Weekly, Chicago Review of Books, January Magazine, Real Simple, and a Southern Independent Bookstore Association bestseller. Her debut novel, Night Swim, was a national bestseller, followed by Women in Bed, her collection of award-winning stories. She had taught writing at Brown University, Boston University, Grub Street, and the Story Summit. An anniversary edition of Night Swim has just come out. Isn't that right, Jessica? Yes, yeah. Yes, congratulations, that's fantastic. All right, I'm gonna let these ladies talk. And Rosie's going to start us out talking to us about her journey as a writer. And I think these are really helpful because it's helpful for writers to see what's ahead. It's also, we have a lot of writers that are even in the in the midst of their careers to also see like, oh, other people have gone through this as well. And just as ways to kind of keep you guys going. So Rosie, get us started. Sure. So thanks, Michelle, for inviting me. And thanks, everyone, for being here this morning. Um, what I want to say first is that all writers want to thrive and produce good work. That's a given. For me, all writers or most writers are also very familiar with the twin sisters, fear and self-doubt. Yeah. It just comes with the territory. So what Jessica and I want to talk about today is what do we do when fear blooms in us while we're trying to write or self-doubt comes and you know, kind of tries to strangle the writing, what kind of um, habits or techniques can we use in order to stay in that chair and keep going? Or if you have to get up and do something else, but come back, always come back. So um, I will say I've written two novels, just finished my second novel and two children's yeah. books. And, you know, those, those habits are still with me. And I want to talk today about a couple of things that are helpful. And the first is uh, a couple of techniques from meditation. And I'll just say very quickly now that one thing that's super helpful to me, for example, if I get edits back on my new novel and I think, oh, you know, can I do this? I don't know if this is right, right? Self-doubt, inner chatter. I have a sign over my desk um, from a common phrase in meditation, which is, we can always begin again. Yeah. 
Nice. And I'm just going to say that again, because it's so simple, we might blow past it. But the phrase is, we can always begin again. No matter what the chatter is in the head, right? Oh, person X would do this faster than me. Oh, person Y won all these awards, right? Um, we can always hear those voices and just start again. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how helpful that is to me. Um, and the second thing is we cannot change our thoughts, but we can change our relationship to them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if I'm working, and I think we're all familiar with this, and I get to kind of a naughty place, for instance, in my new novel, there's a character who, um, a young girl who keeps disappearing, running away, hiding, etc. And if I get to a place where I'm not sure what she's doing, guess what will happen? I'll find myself down in my kitchen, madly cleaning the kitchen counters because I want to get away from that naughty problem, right? Mm -hmm. By the way, do my kitchen counters need cleaning? Yes, they always do. Do I need to be there at that moment? Absolutely not. Yeah. So I'll just pause and remember, oh, my thought is I'm scared to work out this problem in the novel, right? Um, can I change my relationship to that thought and just say, thank you for coming. I'm okay. I'm going to put down this disgusting sponge in my kitchen and go back upstairs and begin again. Mm -hmm. So those are two things. They're not perfect, but they're little, I think I'm like as little life jackets I can put on when I get kind of (laughs) pulled away by fear and self-doubt. We can always begin again. And um, we can't change our thoughts. What are you doing? Other people are better than you. Those thoughts will come, but I can have a different relationship with them. Thank you for coming. Here's $5. Go get an ice cream. You'll find me at my desk. <laughs> so does, does ice cream cost $5 these days? Well, actually, where I live, it's probably can. $10. <laughs> yeah. I love that though, because, um, And I think writers at every stage need that. I just recently, God, how long have I been teaching writing? (laughs) Decades. And I just recently had to gut an entire idea of a a novel I was working on and and Mm. begin again. And, but that's also a great opportunity to receive and relearn what's on the page. So always being open to that and open to what's happening on the page, you know, even versus what your original intentions are. Um, were because you're like, okay, what's actually happening here? And being open to that. And also, yeah, those, those self-doubts, those, those, those thoughts that can get in your head, I can't do this, you know, this isn't working. Though every now and then, when I feel like something isn't working or something is dragging, it's because I'm taking the novel in a direction that I don't really want to take it like like it's not yes. going to be helpful to me so right. and that's, that's one reason why I went back and, and gutted this this book book and work on because I was like I had certain ideas for it and I realized I don't want to write this kind of book mm. um and I had to be open to that so so sometimes it, those things can just stop you in your tracks I also think sometimes those thoughts like why am I doing this you know when we go through yeah. the pandemic or these awful right. times or health problems we constantly think mm-hmm. we go back God, why am I doing this and I actually think those sorts of things can can stop you. And so I think yeah. more people might want to go Rosie's direction. But I also think um, it's not a terrible thing to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Because it takes yes. you back to your vision, to your purpose. 
mm-hmm. and even putting that, you know, this is why I'm doing this and putting that on the wall or whatever can be helpful too. Um, that is amazing. Thank you so much for starting us off, Rosie. Um, Jessica, how about you? Um, yeah, thank you, Rosie. I love that the sense of, of affirmation. I have a, you can do it affirmation on my, you know, very simple. You can do it because, um, you know, I'm, I'm whatever mid fourth book. I just finished a new novel, um, which went through three major iterations and I was working another job full time. And I was terrified that I wouldn't write a novel working this full-time other job in a corporate setting um and and so what i did to try to to deal with that because that for me is the core of who i am um in terms of finding meaning and purpose in my life my writing life provides that for me um and that also helps with the self-worth issue you know why am i doing this what's the point um the fears and all that but Um, so what I do is I try to, when something feels so overwhelming, I just tell myself to take small steps or small bites of things. So in the, in this, you know, this last novel, um, and I was worried with the time issue, I just got up earlier and I, I worked before I started my other job. And sometimes it wasn't even an hour. Sometimes it was 30 minutes, but I just told myself, do it at least five days a week because I will make progress. And um, that helped. And the other thing I did with that also was I did a 500 word a day promise to myself. And that also helped me, you know, just get some words on the page. Um, But I think that uh, throughout this process, wherever we are, if we're just writing our first novel, our 10th novel, all of these things, this sense of, you know, self, self-worth what am I doing is this it does it have meaning you know the world's falling apart why should I write another novel who's going to read it um the fears fears of oh can I can I write about this particular issue it feels (laughs) humiliating or scary um all of those things I think are what why we are writing I think they're Mm -hmm. it's part of the story aspect of what we're trying to offer our readers that we are we are part of this struggle of living on the earth and in, in, in harnessing some of these things, that brings at least me to that place of discovery where I'm finally in a spot where I'm just allowing the creativity to come through. And Rosie and I were talking earlier, uh, sometimes I, I do get those ideas out on the walk or vacuuming, you know, moving mm-hmm. away from the desk, in the shower, mm-hmm. that's a big one for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also the through line is for me, staying the course. Because life just is going to happen. And there's a billion Mm -hmm. reasons why we're not going to write and sit down at the desk. And it it could be an illness at home, our own illness. It could be isolation and loneliness. Um, And the other one other thing I want to say about this is I think it's really important to find at least a few people who understand this process that you can really talk to them about it because it's tough. It's 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 a hard task. It, it brings a lot of elation when it's going well. Um, and, you know, we all know that society doesn't reward us very well. Um, oh, I'm a novelist, you know, well, are you on the bestseller list or, you know, how many copies have you sold? I mean, we all know this. We, or if you have, if you're writing your first novel and you, you have nothing to show for it yet, but yet we know so much is happening. So um, those yeah. are a few of the things that I tell myself along the way. 
So what are some of it? So um, Rosie, you just said that you, um, was it your most recent book that you brought to your editor and your editor said, well, it needs this. I mean, mm -hmm. what, can you give us a few details or, or I like, what was that about? What was the editor asking for and how long did it take you to reset? How long did it take you to begin again? Um, I mean, I, I still love that, but, but how, and did you do a lot of thinking? Did you start writing? How did you go about it? Well, I did a little crying first. Yeah. Um, because I think we all want, I mean, I'm sort of kidding, but at least what I want is for someone to say, my God, woman, this is perfect. Yeah. How did you even pull this off? Yeah. And then of course, reality comes in where we all know that writing is a process and uh, we need to hear from others. So um, the editor said, I think you should expand to the point of view of two characters, not just one. Now, anyone who's listening knows that's a big thing. It means revising the entire book and really writing a different book. Mm -hmm. um, and so I met with, I went around in my own head for a little while. Oh, that's not going to work, blah, blah, blah. And then I met with a friend for a lemonade on a hot day. And that friend may or may not be on this program with me. <laughs> and, uh, oh, and it was like 100 degrees outside. We're the only people sitting outside at this restaurant. And I recounted my tale. And we just had an honest conversation about what that would be like, what, again, my fears and doubts were, and whether that made sense to me, right? And the truth was that piece did make sense to me. And I thought I could do it. And I did. I went back and over several months, rewrote the entire book using two points of view. And guess what? it's much better. Yeah. yeah. So what I would say is just listening to the voice in my head that was doubtful is a helpful place to start. But as Jessica said, the discovery, as Jessica said, let me back up, talking with a trusted friend. Yeah. Now, not any friend, right? We really need to key into our own intuition because we're so vulnerable as writers, right? Who can I be honest with who can really meet me in a helpful way. And, um, and then taking that conversation back to the desk, mm -hmm. that just set me on a different course. And I'm actually really grateful to that editor. And I wrote to her and said, my God, it worked, you know, <laughs> <laughs> surprise. So I guess that would be one example. And a second example quickly, so we can hear from Jessica again, is that Michelle, you were talking about the discovery that can come kind of uh, inadvertently through looking at fears and doubts, right? Am I going in the right direction? And uh, when I look at my own kind of inner voice, which can be a tiny bit on the critical side, shall we say, um, I started to think, well, let me just explore this a little bit. Let me be sensitive to this critical inner voice. Mm -hmm. And of course, realizing that um, we all have it. And that in fact, children have it, young children even have it. And out of that, I wrote a children's book, which is going to my agent soon about how children can deal with their own kind of inner critic, right? You don't belong on the soccer team. Uh, you're too clumsy, et cetera, et cetera. How do children begin to deal with those self doubts? So sometimes 
out of looking at and exploring fears and doubts, we can discover new material or new directions we want to go in our writing. Yeah, yeah. And it's so important. I mean, some of the most crushing feedback I've gotten has in the end been the most helpful. Um, yes. And and I remember at one point my agent, he I had a talk with him and, and he wanted me to do certain things. And I just told him, I said, I just don't think I have the energy for this anymore. I just, <laughs> done. I just don't think I can begin again. And he's like, yeah. you know, well, Michelle, you, you, okay, but you need to, if you want the book out. Um, and I remember I went into my bedroom and I'm just like, I, you know, sitting there with my head in my hands. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I was so frustrated. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so exhausted. And something I always tell my students and other writers is, Exhaustion does not mean completion. Exhaustion does not mean <laughs> that's good. Yeah, it's um, really good. Yeah, but and then I immediately, because I'm a bit of a workhorse, I had a new idea as yeah. I was sitting there depressed and exhausted. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, and of course it was much better and it helped me open up the manuscripts. So some those low places can sometimes they force you into a place of humility too and, and yes. discover openness, that, yeah. which yes. I think is yeah. really necessary. Um, one of our uh, the people in the chat has um, mentioned, um, he says, uh, the idea of facing your fear and recognizing that you're avoiding your writing from a place of fear, reminding me of a writing habit of Neil Gaiman's. He allows himself during a writing session to spend as much time as he wants not writing. Uh, but he can't do anything else. He has to either write or do nothing. No dishes. I love the idea because it's uh, sort of allowing yourself to be afraid and resist running away from the fear. That's fun. And I can't stand to step at all. Like I can't, I'm, I'm such a, I'm, I'm just, I'm, the way I was raised, I'm like, you've got to do stuff all the time. <laughs> so, so that would, that would definitely get me back to, to my writing. Um, and then uh, Jessica, I know you have other things too, but we also have a specific question for you. Um, so Julie is asking when you were writing your book while working a job, did you set yourself a number, a limited number of hours in which to complete certain writing goals in order to have time for rest and other responsibilities? Or did you just work on the book until you felt satisfied with it or ran out of time? Um, well, so I had the full-time job and I would, it was a, you know, an, an 830 to five job. And thankfully I could, once it was over, I you know, it didn't bleed into the weekends. Um, so I would get up earlier in the morning and actually would get up at five in the morning. I happened to be a morning person. So that worked for me. I suppose if I were a night person, I would have done it the other way. Yeah. Um, because I want to say too, that we are all so individual. Yeah. So um, I'm going to say that's great for Neil to sit and do nothing, but I have to move a lot. I'm, a, I'm like, I, I just have, I can't sit in my chair for hours. So Washing the dishes for me doesn't, you know, I can have thoughts while I'm washing the dishes. So um, I wanted to say for all of you who can't just stay in a chair for three hours and not move, I'm not one of those. But um, um, I did get up in the morning and I did tell myself an hour. That's that's what I committed to. And it and it it worked. And then it made me feel like, OK, I did what means the most to me in my life. Uh overall in terms of that, you know, meaning purpose and meaning, which is important to me, at least, um, that I could go to the job, which was not, 
was it was a nice job. It was at a hospital, had its own meaning, but it, I knew it, it's it's not wasn't my life goal. It was it was to sort of balance out our finances, and it helped for that, and some health insurance and things like that. And that's that's part of those life challenges that just kind of dive in sometimes that you don't want them to, you don't want them to show up at your door, but they do. So um, I did that for eight years, um, and it you know that's a long time. When I mean to tell someone, I remember when I was at at Brown at my graduate writing um, school many years ago, and my teacher Robert Coover was looking at a story that I wrote, and he said, "You know, in about five years you'll get it together." So I don't know what he said. <laughs> I was like, five years? He's he out of his mind? I mean, <laughs> next month maybe? You know? So I, you know, I'm one of these people that t- I can take a long time writing a novel. And I almost don't like to say that because I don't want to be discouraging, which is why I like to say, stay in the moment, stay in the day and watch your progress each day, because you can look back and go, oh, good. I, 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 I did my work yesterday. I did my work today. And you know that, and then you have to trust um, that that's, that is going to take you to where you want to go. And that's the self-belief part that all these little steps are going to take you there. I feel like that's very important because there's a lot of like nothing happening, you know, during this process that you can show. Yeah. That something is happening. I mean, it's, it's like flowers. This is why I go out in nature a lot and walk and, you know, there nature's the teacher. I mean, flowers and trees all have different growth timing timelines, right? There's the fast growers and the slow growers and they're all great. And we're the same, I think. We all have our different rhythms. And, you know, some people churn out books every two years. That's not me. And um, so that's, Rosie, you mentioned the compare and despair. I mean, mm-hmm. I have to really block that mm-hmm. one out, you know, because mm-hmm. that's just not me. And um, so you have to respect. And that takes doing. You don't really understand who you are as a writer unless you actually are doing it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and someone else in the chat has said, I'm also a fan of small steps. Um, thank you, Susan. It's okay to spend just 15 minutes writing. And so I know there's, there's kind of people talk about, well, we can't, you can't insist that people write every day because that's actually elitist. It's very privileged, um, mm. which I agree. But I also think we need to redefine what it means to write every day. So it could be those 15 minutes that you're just trying to find those 15 minutes. Um, But I think any way that you can check in to your book or your process um, can be very helpful. And that means in the shower, um, when you're actually not at your computer or taking the walk or something that will really help you. Um, now, if you if you have a day that you just couldn't like even for five minutes, think about your book, that's totally fine. Don't judge yourself. But but try to always kind of keep it on the back burner there, because you can you can come up with really interesting ideas and really think through things. Again, I didn't actually sleep very well last night. My husband just had a knee surgery and he was up and about because and I was like, oh, my God, I need to sleep because I need to get up early and start the show. And so I'm lying there um, not sleeping. And thinking of my plot, and I actually came up with um, a solution that I hope will work when I get to oh my goodness. But, but 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 I you know you just never know when these things are are going to happen. Um, I want to say that I think that that's part of the habit. I really yeah. you know old fashioned establishing a habit because when it really becomes even if it's fifteen minutes a day, if that really is part of your day, 
um, then you're going to miss it when it's not. But something will arise out of it. And I think that's where some of the discovery will come. Yeah. Just stay with that habit. And I'll add on to that and just say when Jessica's teacher said, I think maybe it was just at some point you'll have it together or something like that. Um, We don't have to wait to have it all together. We don't have to wait for everything to be okay. You know, we can just do it anyway. For many years, I was a single mother. Um, I wrote outside my son's soccer tournaments and he would say, did you see my goal? And I kind of be like, "Mm, yeah, sort of, because I was in the car doing my writing. Uh, For many years, I had cancer and I wrote anyway. Um, I'm not a hero. I just think that if we have this idea of, I'll wait till I have everything together, you know, that day might not come. We are complicated beings. And just even if we read what we wrote yesterday for 15 minutes, that counts as writing. Just reconnect with it somehow, Mm -hmm. some way, outside the soccer game, in the doctor's office, whatever. Uh, just keep that connection because uh, yeah. that's where the discovery is. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. That's really um, Karen has, I think she might be on her phone. So I'm going to let her talk. Karen, what's your question or suggestion? I think that worked. Karen, maybe that doesn't. No, I don't know if this will work. Okay. I don't know if that'll work. Um, Karen, you might want to put your question in the chat overall. Um, Okay. Um, Someone else wrote that they they often jot notes um, on their phone. I'll do that too when I'm out walking. I I will send a a voicemail to myself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Any last tidbits that you want to get these folks because they're going to be getting back to their writing desk? I'll say, uh, and Jessica and I have talked about this, to celebrate the small moments, to wait Uh, to sit down at your desk and say, well, things will be really good once I finish this, publish this, see it on the bestseller list, right? It's sort of projecting into the future. Celebrate and honor the small moments, right? I did two pages today. Good for me. I did X. Celebrate with a friend. Um, So much of writing is the long haul. And it's really helpful to give ourselves credit for what we did today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jessica, what do you think? I I don't think I can say anything better than that. It's really the daily practice and honoring that daily practice and, 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 and applaud yourself for it. It's, it's hard work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. This is, this is great. Thank you both so much. We're going to have to um, end to get you guys back to your desk, but you can find our full March writing challenge schedule on our Substack page at 7amnovelist.substack.com. You can subscribe there for updates and to take part in the discussion. And if you want to join our daily live webinars this March, you can email me at 7amnovelist.substack.com. It's not too late. You can also find the podcast version of these webinars on Spotify, Apple, and any other podcast platform. And if you like what you're doing, what we're doing, uh, you can follow, rate, and review our podcast so that other people can find us. So Rosie and Jessica, are you going to be able to get in your 15 minutes today or more? Absolutely. Absolutely. I promise. And write well, everybody. Or if you don't write well, that's okay too. (laughs) (laughs) Write well, write badly, just write. Okay. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much.